Father, I just thank you for being able to gather with your people and to offer up praise to you, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that you are our great God and that you love us more than we'll ever know. And, uh, Father, we pray that you'd speak to us today, that you give us words of eternal life, and that uh, we'd be forever changed, Lord. So have your way here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about um, having a new heart and um, having God's spirit within us, just as we did with the kids. And um, I want to start in Romans chapter 7. And I want to read something from the New Living Translation. And... Um, so it's Matthew 7, starting in verse 14. Sorry, Romans 7, starting in verse 14. And it says, so the trouble is not with the law. And so before this, Paul was saying about um, how he wanted to do good, and, and, um, but how he's sinful and, and all that. But he's saying that... Um, it wasn't the law that made me sinful. <laughs> it wasn't the law that somehow made my nature, um, turned my nature into a sinner. But the law is spiritual. So this is saying um, in verse 14, so the trouble is not with the law, for the law is spiritual and good. And this is talking about God's commandments and what he requires of us. The law is spiritual and good, but the trouble is with me, for I am all too human and I am a slave to sin. Paul had this sinful nature, and he was a slave to sin. Um, his flesh was corrupted because sin came into the world through Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God. And, and he was born into the sin. He was enslaved, in slavery to sin. Um, so no matter how good the law was, it couldn't change his nature. In verse 15, it says, I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, um, or <clears throat> I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I do what I'm doing, but if I, but I have the other translation in my mind, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I, again, <laughs> all right. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So Paul again is saying, the problem is not with the law. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And this is that sinful nature. It's not just sin, but it's that sin nature that we have, the flesh. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature or in my flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, or I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do... What I don't want to do, I'm not the one that's really doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that what I want to do is right. Inevitably, or when I want to do what is right, inevitably I do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. 
Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you can see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So I was thinking about God's law, and, and sometimes we can go to God's law and try to be righteous by God's law, try to keep it, try to do what God wants. But it's just like almost taking a picture of someone that's holy. Say we could take a picture of Jesus and putting it over us. It doesn't really change us. It shows us what, what we should be shooting for, or what we should look like, and uh, what holiness really looks like. But really, all the law was meant to do was show us that, hey, you know what? We are sinners. Um, we have this corrupt nature. Um, but it never actually changed our heart. So that's why we looked at the Pharisees, and, and they had the law, but they had an evil heart. And um, what Paul really needed was a new nature and um, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he had God's laws, and, but, it, but it was actually the laws that were written on his heart now that was helping him live holy, um, not an external law that he was just looking at. Um, so I want to look at verse in... Actually, I'm just going to read Hebrews 8.10 first. And it says, I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So again, there has to be a work that is done by God, a supernatural work that's done by God. It's not just religion where we do, a certain, we do certain things, and then we're righteous, we're accepted by God because we do A, B, and C, which is written in here. But there's a supernatural work that occurs in our life, um, that changes this evil heart Amen. and then writes God's laws on our heart. And um, so God will, will do a supernatural work in, in our lives. And if we turn to Matthew chapter 12. Again, this is the, the story of the Pharisees that we just did with the kids. And um, <clears throat> so maybe I won't go through it all again, but in verse 7, Jesus says, But if you had known what it means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice, you would have not have condemned the innocent. So I brought that up because the Pharisees, they had the law. And, but the, it, it just showed me that the law in itself was not good enough because they had the law, but they totally missed the whole purpose of it. And... Um, so they're trying to keep it, and they're keeping it religiously and full of zeal. But, um, but here comes a perfect man, um, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the nature of God, fully God. And, um, and they try to condemn him um, with the law that, is, that he made. And um, so Jesus says, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. And what Jesus did was, is he went right to the heart of the matter. Because so, we can do all kinds of things on the outside. But it matters so much more on our heart and our motivation for doing what we're doing. And um, not just these external things, but, but who we are on the inside. So Jesus cut right, to the, cut right to it and said, I desire compassion. I desire mercy. I desire a good heart. Not all these things that you can do for me. And then he goes on from there. And um, <clears throat> he heals that person with the uh, withered hand. And um, let me see here. 
Yeah, so again, he just says, he cuts through the religion of the Pharisees uh, when he asks them the question about the sheep that falls into the pit, right? Because um, the Pharisees could see, you know, if I have a sheep that falls into a pit on a Sabbath day, you know, I'm going to go and get him out. But they couldn't see that this is a human being that's in a pit, a spiritual pit, and needs to be free from it. So again, they just use this law to kind of condemn people, but not really to set people free. And it's going to turn to Matthew chapter 15. And again, this is Jesus with the Pharisees. And this time the Pharisees were upset with Jesus because the disciples were not washing their hands <laughs> before they ate. And it says that some of the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God says, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, Whatever, whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father and mother. And by this, you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And so, um, Jesus, they try to condemn Jesus because he didn't wash his hands before he ate. And then Jesus asked them a question and, and showed them their own hypocrisy in their, in their heart. Um, because they had a law that they should honor their father and mother. They should take care of their father and mother. But they had a tradition. And because of their tradition, they took what should have been given to their family and, and gave it to, um, gave, or supposedly gave it to God. And um, what Jesus says in verse 8 is he says, uh, these people honor me with their lips. So they say all the right things, a lot of wrong things. But they, they pretend that they, they love me and they honor me and they make long prayers and, and they honor me with their lips, what they say. But their heart, their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. It's, it's, the mouths will, will not even worship me because it's not true worship. And their teaching is as doctrines, they teaching the doctrines as precepts of men. So their teaching is just ideas of men. It's not this, of the spirit of Christ and the spirit of God. It's just teachings of men. And um, so what the Pharisees needed, again, was a new heart. And in Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So again, um, the Pharisees were trying to obey God in their own strength, and their own understanding, but what, what needed to happen is they needed to come to God and repent of their sin and realize that, um, that they have a, a Savior. And, um, and when, when they come to God like that, when we come to God like that, um, God, again, puts his Holy Spirit within us. Um, it's not us trying harder, harder, harder to please God, but by coming to him, realizing that we have nothing to offer and asking him to, to change our heart. He'll give us a, a new heart. Um, that wants to obey God. And the law doesn't become a burden to us. Oh, I got to do this. I got to keep this. This is what God requires of me. And, you know, you feel like you're wearing yourself out. Um, 
but it's a joy now. You want to please God. Um, you might fall, but, but, but you would get back up and realize that, that God forgives you. And, and so God gives us a new heart, and then he gives us his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us power to, to live this way. It says that, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So the Holy Spirit is living within us, and then it's, it's making us live with the right heart, in the, with the right way. Um, it's not, again, these laws, but, but there's something within us that um, is pushing us forward. The law now, when we come to the scripture and read the word, is, it, it shows us what we're supposed to be, um, what's required of us. But it's still not even the, the word in itself. Um, it's the word when it comes into us and becomes flesh. Like, um, it's when the word changes our heart. And um, it's not just, we can just take some scripture and we can try to obey it in, our, in ourselves, but it's when the word becomes part of us um, that it really generates life. And, and even now as, as Christians, we can take the word of God and we can use it as a law and, um, and it won't breathe life. Um, so there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And uh, <clears throat> it says, concerning the things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. So this is saying that we can have knowledge, we can have knowledge of God's word, we can have knowledge of the law, um, but knowledge in itself just makes us proud. If we know a bunch of things, we know a bunch of Bible verses, um, that in itself, it just, it can make us proud. Um, so knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. And when God does come into our heart, that's what he comes in. He comes in with a spirit of love that fills us up um, with his nature and his character. And then this truth and these laws, they're now covered with, with love. And um, we're not using it like the Pharisees to um, bang people over the head or to judge others, but, but we're using it to, um, to live righteously ourselves. And so knowledge in itself, it makes us just arrogant, judge, judging others and um, condemning others. But love, it edifies. And then it says in verse 2, if anyone supposes that he knows anything, Suppose you know something about the word, about scripture, about the law. He has not yet known it as he ought to. And this was the scripture that stood out to me, that if anyone supposes that he knows anything, that's not, that's not it yet. It's not, we're not done. Let's say you learn a new truth. You know something. That's not it yet. You don't know it the way that you should know it yet. Um, because you have to know it in the spirit of love. And um, so it's not enough just to have knowledge. Because knowledge... The scripture says that the letter kills, um, the letter of the law. The letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. And if we just have the letter, we just have knowledge, it's just going to kill. But if we have the spirit, it's going to give life. And then it says, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. So again, it, it made me think of us and that when we receive a word, and when we hear good teaching, and um, that we can't let it become a, a law in our life. Um, 
we have to really understand the, the spirit behind the law. Um, we have to really find out what is God teaching me in. And um, see, what was happening here is people with their, their knowledge, um, they, had, they knew that they could do certain things and it was okay by God. Um, so maybe they could eat food that was sacrificed to an idol, to a God, to a fake God. They could eat this food that was sacrificed to an idol because they knew that an idol isn't nothing. An idol is, isn't a real God. Um, an idol isn't a real God. It's just a piece of stone or wood shaped to be a God. So somebody with knowledge knew that they could eat this food that was sacrificed to an idol, um, you know, and not make a big deal of it. But what was happening is those people were using their knowledge that an idol was nothing, and it was causing someone else that was weaker, that maybe that just came out of a place where they were worshiping idols, and they really thought idols were real. And, and these people that were, were weaker, um, they saw people that were eating food that were sacrificed to idols, and it was causing them to stumble. It was causing them to think, wow, you know, this great Christian can eat food that's sacrificed to idols. And um, so love just says, I can do whatever I want because I know that it's right, you know? But love says, you know, what's good for my, what's not only good for me, but what's good for my brother, and what's good for my sister? And um, so, because it's no longer just, am I right? Am I, am I free from the law? Am I free from punishment? It's, it's, it's the law of love. What's good for my brother? What's good for my sister? I love them. I don't want to cause them to stumble. So if I have to stop doing something that I'm permitted to do, I'll stop it because I love them. And that's the law that, that God wants to write on our hearts. So it's not, you know, stiff and religious, but um, it's full of love and compassion. And, uh, so in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, it says, All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. So it's saying, you know, there might be things that I can do, lots of things that I can do that I'm not sinning if I do them, but not all things are profitable. Not all things build up and edify. All things are lawful, but not all things will encourage other people. Um, and then it says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And um, so this is the law of love that God will write on our heart. And, um, you know, we don't, need, we don't need certain laws to tell us about certain things. Um, I know there's this, like, uh, like, everyone has these Android boxes now, and, um, and uh, I was talking to a friend about it, and if someone has one, I'm not trying to condemn you about it, but, um, but I was talking to a friend about it, and they were saying, you know, it's legal. It's legal to have them. And, um, you know, there's no law that says that you can't have one. And... Um, and then I remember going online, looking, up, looking it up, and I went on this, this forum where people were discussing it, and um, I found this more interesting than all like, the actual legal stuff. And someone just commented and said, oh yeah, Hollywood loves making movies for free, and <laughs> getting them out. And, um, but um, like, I find like, if we are living before God, um, we're not going to just say, like, is it legal? Is it okay? Can I do it? But is it ethical? You know, is it, is it actually good? Not am I not going to get in trouble if I do it, but is it actually good? And um, so the law just says, you know, I, yeah, I'm not going to 
get in trouble. But, but, um, but if you have the Spirit of God in you, you, you're living before Him. So it doesn't matter if, if other people don't condemn you. Um, <laughs> even the simple thing is setting up these mats on the floor. Um, we were told that we had to set them up because they got a new floor. But we came in yesterday, last week, and the, the tables were all on the floor and chairs, so we didn't think about doing it. But today they're all put away, and we had to set up today. We, we put the mats out again, even though we felt like they're not really doing it anymore. It's not really that important anymore. The floor is kind of old now. But, um, but, uh, but anyway, even little things like that, like, um, you know, God's looking at our heart. And I'm going to call the club and find out if we really have to do it anymore. But <laughs> I don't know if I tied that in, but... But yeah, more important than the law is God's love. And um, let's turn to Galatians. Chapter 5. Verse 13 says, For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. So again, the word says that the whole law is summed up in one word, love. And... Um, if we really love, then we're really fulfilling the law. And, um, you know, even we can, get, we can get so much truth and we can, we can use truth to almost hurt um, our brothers and sisters and, and not fulfill the law of love. And, um, but love, it's, it's patient. And um, it, doesn't for, it doesn't forsake the truth. We still have to be men and women of truth. We still have, a lot of times... Even if we speak the truth in love, people aren't going to like it and they'll be upset. Um, but at the same time, we have, to, we have to be full of love. And we have to have other people's um, interest, our heart, not just our own when we're speaking the truth. And it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So again, God gives us this new heart and he gives us the Holy Spirit. Um, but we still have this flesh. And so we still have this flesh that wants to go and do its own will and live however it wants to live. And the only way that we cannot do that, um, in addition to receiving a new heart, being born again, is to be full of the Spirit and to walk by the Spirit. So we need to walk by the Spirit, and then we won't carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other. And the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, to which indeed evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, 
and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, so this is the Spirit that God gives us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. There's no law if you do those things. Now, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. It means the flesh no longer has any power over them with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So this is what was on my heart, that, that those of us that need to be born again, that need a, a life change within them, um, that, that you would all know that it's not just keeping the laws, it's not just keeping God's moral law, but that God can actually give you a new heart and change you. And, and all you have to do is call out to him, believe what he says, realize that he died for the worst of sinners. You can look around this room and realize that, that he accepted people that were great sinners. And, um, and we have nothing to offer, but we realize what Jesus did for us. And we put our faith in his blood. And um, when we don't put our faith in his blood, we're saying that it's not really that great. What Jesus did for us wasn't really that great. That, that his, his death for us wasn't really big enough to pay for my sin. But the only thing he wants you to do is to come to him. And um, he longs to, to offer you salvation and, and give you a new heart so that, so that you can um, have the power to live the life that he wants you to live. Besides that, if you don't have that new heart, you're just going to be trying, struggling, failing. But um, with a new heart, um, you'll have new desires. And, um, and then for a reminder for those of us that are born again, that we need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and seek to live by the Holy Spirit and walk by the Holy Spirit. And if we don't, then we're going to be doing the things of the flesh automatically. And um, we won't have power to overcome. Um, and uh, just a reminder that, <clears throat> that truth in itself isn't the, isn't the end. Um, but it's truth within us, covered with love. And uh, scripture in John 5.39 says that, Jesus said, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. So Jesus was saying, it's not just reading the Bible. It's not just searching the scriptures. The scriptures are all talking about Jesus. We need to come to him so that he can give you life. So Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your awesome offer of life to us, Lord. And um, I pray for everyone here, those that need a change in their life, that need to be born again, a new heart. God, I pray that you give them faith to be able to lift up their voice and, and ask you for salvation. And that, uh, that, Lord, they would have faith to believe that the salvation is for them. No matter if they're young, no matter how old they are, no matter how many <coughs> things they did wrong, that they would realize that your salvation is, is big enough for them. So, Lord, I pray that 
you would lead them in that way. And Father, I pray that you would truly fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just confess our weakness. We're unable, Lord, to fulfill your will and to, to live out your moral law, Lord. We can't do the things. It's impossible in our own strength, Lord. So fill us with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Empower us, Lord. We thank you that you offer to us free of charge, Lord, that if we are good parents, wanting to give good gifts to our children, that you're far more greater, far more good, desiring and willing to give us your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name, amen.